you're basically never committing to anything. So you, mm-hmm. you're going to pick this job. No, I can't pick that job because, you know, in a month. Get a better offer or this other place I applied to might come through and the salary, the money might be better. And this creates just the paralysis. So now you're not choosing paralysis. anything. So yeah. you're just on the sideline. You're literally just living life from the sideline because you won't commit to anything. Um, I was thinking about the dog thing. Not I that love I've, that example. Yeah, you walk through like the kennel, right? There's a hundred yeah. dogs and like you can't pick one because there's, maybe tomorrow new dogs come in and how can I pick one now? There might be a better one tomorrow. That whole thought process will screw you in every which, I mean, you just can't live your life that way. But I think a lot of us do that. I think a lot of, in certain ways, maybe not in every way, but like. To some degree, I think we're probably all a little guilty. Recording from my studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a born and raised New Yorker now living in the South. Welcome to Confessions of a Financial Advisor the antidote to conventional financial independence wisdom. My name is Al. I've been a financial advisor for over 20 years. I've worked with thousands of clients in all areas of the country and from all walks of life. Through the relationships I had with these people, I've discovered the mindsets and behaviors that are most effective in a person's financial life, plus the pitfalls and all the BS to watch out for. The financial independence community today has completely lost its way. And I felt it was time to call out the FI gurus, podcasters, and self-proclaimed pundits. This podcast is not about the numbers. That's what all the other financial podcasts talk about. We will focus on the emotional and psychological components that drive our behavior. I am not looking for new clients. And I'm not interested in running for any kind of office. I'm going to tell you like it is from an insider's perspective and pull back the curtain on the financial industry. Now, let's get into Confessions of a Financial Advisor. Episode six, FOMO slash YOLO. Yeah. How they relate. I'm here with Diane. Hi, Diane. Hi, Al. Um, This is a funny topic because you hear these acronyms all the time. And it's everywhere. Yeah. And I'm not even a Twitter guy, but like I always hear that they're all over Twitter, supposedly. Mm -hmm. FOMO, YOLO. There's even one that we're going to add to the list. It's called JOMO and it's joy of missing out. Oh, see, that's the one that I totally relate to. Me too. As a introvert, I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God for canceled plans. I feel like I was going to save it for the end, but I feel like I let out the punchline, you know, at the beginning. That's okay. We'll, we'll circle back to it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Joy of missing out. There's a good reframe, right? Mm-hmm. So fear of missing out and you only live once. So those are the two things that we're going to compare today. And before we started, I was talking to you about when I was growing up in Long Island, we used to have these things called open house parties mm-hmm. where somebody at your school, his family, his parents were parents going away and he would send the invite out. They'd have kegs at the place. And 100 to 200 kids would show up and just be in the backyard. And it was so much fun. It was the place to be. A place to be. Like that was the party to go to. And there was a handful of them a year. So they were a big deal. And there was, I remember the parties that were announced. Say it was a Friday night. And on that Friday night, I had a family outing. You know, whether, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was 
a wedding or somebody's, you know, a cousin's birthday party that I had to go to, that my parents made me go to. Mm -hmm. And I remember that feeling of like, oh my God, I got to show up on Monday and have no clue what went on. And I'm like left out. I'm the loser who wasn't at the open house party. Yeah. They're going to talk about it. I'm not going to know what they're talking about. I'm just going to be a complete outsider. I'm going to miss out on the, all of the fun. So that's like my little kid version of FOMO. And then I just saw recently, I'm looking at, I'm looking at CNBC. I'm just watching for whatever reason I watch that show. I shouldn't watch it. It does me it doesn't give me any information that really that's is helpful. beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see across the screen and it says FOMO rally, and FOMO rally being they're trying to say that the stock market is now doing very well because there's people that were on the sidelines for so long mm-hmm. and they felt like they were going to miss out on the upside of the market, so they're now pushing their money into the market. They're jumping in from the sidelines because they're afraid of missing out on the gains that they're seeing. Everyone else gets. And so the FOMO rally means that this is somewhat artificially inflating the market because now everybody's scared that they're going to miss out Mm -hmm. and they're pumping money in and that's bringing the market prices up. Whether or not that's true or not, I'm not one to be able to decipher that. Yeah. And I, it's just not my wheelhouse. Um, but I just thought it was kind of funny that you could have the little kid version and now it's like on CNBC, which is like adult behavior, yeah. adult behavior, <laughs> stock market, very, you know, prim and proper, the uh-huh. FOMO rally. And I just wanted to kind of dig into, yeah, fear of missing out, being left out, you know, and what it does as far as preventing you from making any type mm-hmm. of commitment or choice. So we can do it in so many different aspects with a spouse or a partner, um, with a job, with a creative project. Why would you pick one person if you always thought that, well, what if in a month I meet somebody better? There's an endless array of options that I haven't seen yet. And what if something better is out there? Yeah. Why would I commit to this one person Mm -hmm. and then a month later somebody else better come down committed to this one? Why would I do that to myself? since this is such a mental process that has no real ends and there's no real, yeah, there's no real destination to it. So you're basically never committing to anything. So you, mm-hmm. you're going to pick this job. No, I can't pick that job because, you know, in a I month. Get a better offer or this other place I applied to might come through and the salary money might be better. And this creates just paralysis. So now you're Total not choosing paralysis. anything. So yeah. You're just on the sideline. You're literally just living life from the sideline because you won't commit to anything. Um, I was thinking about the dog thing. Not that I love I've, that example. Yeah, you walk through like the kennel, right? There's a hundred yeah. dogs, and like you can't pick one because there's maybe tomorrow new dogs come in, and how can I pick one now? There might be a better one tomorrow. That whole thought process will screw you in every which. I mean, that you just can't live your, your life that way. But I think a lot of us do that. I think a lot of in certain ways, maybe not in every way, but like. To some degree. I think you, we're probably all a little guilty. And I'm sure you're familiar with it, Diane, being in real estate, just oh, how God. people are with houses. And there's always one better out there. Well, and there's no such thing. You and I have talked a lot about there's no such thing as the perfect house. So your buyer thinking that you're going to find the perfect house, it doesn't exist. And all you're doing is setting yourself up to be perpetually in the search process and you'll never move to actually buying a house. 
or the perfect investments. There's no or perfect, the perfect investment partnership or the perfect creative project or the perfect, whatever relationship, friendship, whatever that looks like. You keep waiting for perfect. You're going to be waiting forever. And you can see how that could destroy a relationship. So, so let's say you do commit, you know, you see, you could still have the fear of missing out and somewhat yeah. commit. Right. Yeah. But that's a dangerous mindset to be in because now you're always looking around the corner. Are you really fully committed? You got into something, but now you're thinking, yeah, but you know, there might be something else better. And it almost makes that other person like disposable in a way. And that is, doesn't feel okay to me. Like, well, I'll just trade you in. Like, no, that's no, not how commitment works, but yeah. Yeah. Become very fickle. Yeah. Yes. And I think the underlying thing with FOMO is that So if that's the kind of life you're leading, you know, you won't commit to a relationship, you won't commit to a job, you're always thinking there's something better out there. You end up just with an empty feeling. It's kind of like an empty life. What are you really doing? You're not committing to anything. How are you? You're living your life from the sidelines. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about how YOLO then comes in. You only live once. So you have this empty feeling. You've gone through this whole fear of missing out thing. It's not a good feeling. You're feeling... Again, like you're not living your life. You're just literally living this mental existence. And people do crazy things when they get to that empty kind of place where now it's just like, well, you know, F it, you know, you only live once. Let me do something crazy. You know, let's get into debt. Let me go buy some shit, you know, make me feel better. Um, The car. Yes. The vacation, the bigger house, the... Right. And that's from a financial perspective or let let me do some drugs or let me do, you know, let's get crazy and um, let's go on a bender. Let's do Mm -hmm. some... Yeah, it could go down like a a real bad path. It's this anxiety, this anxiety of being left behind that everybody else is racing ahead. Everybody else has better relationships. Puts you in a state of always waiting for something better. But it doesn't work that way. Things aren't always better. We don't think the opposite. What if we wait and things are worse, you know, or since we didn't commit, we don't think about what we're losing in this thought process. We think about what we're missing out on. Only what the potential benefit that we perceive we're missing out on. Potential. Potential. Yeah. Not actual, but potential. That's the whole thing, right? It's what we think in our mind that it's actual, Mm -hmm. but it's not. Never happy, and we're never content with any type of decision. When you're in that state, it's impossible to have any gratitude. Totally. How, how could you have gratitude? I mean, you're just you're never content with the decisions that you've made. Mm-hmm. So th- there can't be a sense of any type of you know gratefulness or gratitude or satisfaction or appreciation. Yeah, you're constantly looking. I mean. And when you're looking to fill an internal insecurity with external things or experiences, it's very dangerous. I mean, and it's so easy, you know, we talked about debt. It's like, it's so easy with these plastic things that allow us, well, the bank gave me this credit line or the bank said I could afford it. And before you know it, you're in over your head. You're self-soothing. Yeah. But it's like a self-soothing, like the str- bottomless hole that... Yeah. More and more is just never going to satisfy. Well, the whole self-soothing thing, I mean, comes in so many different forms. 
And it's I mean, a form that, of numbing too. It's not even just soothing. It's a form of numbing the pain. Trying to get away from a feeling. Yeah. I read it in a certain way where it said it's a, a misallocation of attention. Oh, so like, like you're, you're, put, you're putting your attention on something that there's no good, there's no benefit that's going to come from it by always fearing that you're missing out on something mm-hmm. or that there's something better around the corner. I mean, think about, I always think of Forrest Gump, like Forrest Gump, for instance, one of my favorite movies. It's a great movie. Forrest Gump never has a fear of missing out. Totally. No doesn't. fear of missing out with Forrest Gump. Like he's doesn't just in it. His mind. He's playing ping pong. Gets the Medal of Honor, yeah. shrimp boat business. He does the whole thing. Like he just lives his life with no FOMO. Mm-hmm. And he kind of lives his life with no YOLO either. It's it's not like this, oh, you only live once. He's just doing his thing. Or maybe it's a more healthy expression of YOLO. Like, ah. He is just hyper curious. Like he's got that innocent childlike, he's not worried about doomsday scenarios. He's just focused on experiencing life. Yeah. And he's in the moment. He's not worried about the past, the future. He's just present. And it's a childlike curiosity rather than sitting around waiting for something better. Yeah. He doesn't have like that critical thinking gone wrong. Right. You know, it's it's just not not even in his, you know, that's not the way he thinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies. I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. It was a great one. Um, Because you and I talked about, even with YOLO, there's a spectrum as with so much in life, you know, and there's the totally hedonistic, hyper-reckless, dangerous extreme it can go to. Mm. Um, And there's also the other extreme is never allowing ourselves to enjoy our lives, never allowing ourselves to enjoy experiences, like depriving ourselves almost, like working yourself to death, you know? Yeah. So where is the more moderate ground? How do you kind of balance those two extremes um, and have enjoyment and meaningful connection and relationships in your life? Yeah. And the you only live once has usually a positive context to it. You know, it's the kind of thing that's snapping you out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. um, that you're going to try things that are adventurous, but things that are adventurous that aren't destructive. Reasonably adventurous, right? Not recklessly adventurous. Yeah. Like you're pursuing things that have meaning to you that like are in line with like your values. Mm -hmm. Um, I I always think about that movie, The Bucket Lists. So The Bucket Lists, you know, it always takes somebody to get to like some extreme kind of situation, like a terminal illness where a crisis where, you know, they'll start trying to check off all of those items they've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in that case, in that movie, yeah, it's, you know, they're doing these extravagant things, but it doesn't have to be that. In no. your case, it was being a professional writer. Yeah. In my case, you know, in certain like ways, it was going independent as a financial advisor, yeah. kind of like ripping the cord off the corporate world. And I think you have to continue to do that. Like if you don't continue to do those things. When you are very growth focused. So when you do stretch yourself out of your previous comfort zone. Well, what happens when you do things like that, your comfort zone then expands. So it's this constant, you know, well, what was your previous comfort zone limit is now a little bit farther out. So in order to continue growing and expanding, you've got to keep pushing that boundary. Mm. So things that would have terrified you 10 years ago are now totally normal for you to do. 
So where can I stretch my current comfort zone Mm. in healthy ways? Yeah. And make it into some sort of a a practice, Mm -hmm. you know, something that you can, you know, do ongoing. It's not a one-time deal. You know, I'm going to go on this one trip and I love when people say things like that. This is a trip of a lifetime. Like anytime you go somewhere, yep, it's one once in a lifetime trip. Yeah. How are you going to enjoy the trip if it's a once in a, yeah, I always try to tell myself, I'm like, if I like this place, I'm going to come back. So Uh it's not a once in a lifetime trip. But yeah, you hear that a lot. Once in a lifetime. Yeah, that puts a lot of pressure on your so trips. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then so, so FOMO and YOLO, they, they place more attention on um, living in the moment instead of like planning for the future. So if you, if you only live once, what's going to prevent you from not spending all your money right in that moment, not mm-hmm. saving, saving for retirements, not the most fun thing to do, but why do we do it? Because we know that, you know, our future selves will be happy with us yes. if we do that. But YOLO doesn't really talk much about that. It's more of, Hey, let's go. You only live once. Might as well have fun. I think the whole thing is a balancing act. You know, that there's two sides. There's a the hedonistic side there's the pursuit of meaning for YOLO. Mm-hmm. I mean, fear of missing out, part of that, I mean, it has to be a good thing. I mean, it's giving you at least some grounds for comparison. I think when you ruminate on fear of missing out, that's when it can turn bad. Or if that's your whole thought process is there's always going to be something better. Yeah. That's what's going to get you stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nowhere really to go from that point if you think, well, you know, well, there's something better around the corner. And we've talked a lot about what happens when there's too many choices. Like we are bombarded with so much information through our phones now. It's like, oh my God, make it stop. And whether, you know, whether it's dating apps or like I talked about paint color option. I cannot Mm. walk into a store to choose a paint color for my house. I I can't choose from 40,000 different options. I have to go to the the people, the staff at the store and say, give me two or three. Yeah. when there's too many choices and we're constantly, we have access to all of these options. When does it too much become too much and overwhelming? Happens often. I mean, I think about it as simple as going to a restaurant that has too many things on their menu. It's like, yeah. you can't choose something to eat. Like I like the idea of five to 10 things. That's it. You know, on a menu, like when it's just this endless pages on upon pages and they got pizzas and they got sandwiches and they got, all different kinds of salads and this type of thing and then fish and then i'm like way overwhelmed just tell me what you think i should have and that's exactly yeah yeah normally what i'll do is i'll ask like a waiter i'll be like what do you what's your favorite on this you know menu just tell me what to get please yep i didn't come here to have a stressful experience of trying to make a decision i just want to have a good dinner well if you're hyper in fomo you know, you make your dinner choice and then you're regretting it like when you hear what everybody else around the table is ordering. <laughs> right. You're looking around, you see the waiter yeah. bring like a better dish to somebody right. else's. Yeah. <laughs> Something as simple as yes, eating out. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's everywhere. I mean, when you really start looking at all these concepts and things, it's hard to not see them come up in so yeah. many life experiences. Mm. It's just funny how one kind of feeds the other, you know, it's that fear. Well, it starts with the word fear. 
fear kind of leads to this almost like a rebellious kind of attitude. You know, mm-hmm. I'm fearful. Well, you know what? I'm not going to be fearful. You only live once. Let's go. You know, yeah. it's sort of like one's feeding the other and it kind of becomes this circle. What and that's we why call them in the post, I think we call them bastard cousins of each other. I like that wording. Yeah. FOMO and YOLO are bastard cousins. Yeah, they really are. But that's why I like Jomo so much. Let's get to the good stuff. So okay. then, all right. So FOMO, you're, you're afraid of missing out on something. <laughs> YOLO, you only live once. Got that. So yep. Jomo is the joy of missing out. I just read this yesterday for the first time. I knew there was another one. I'm glad you found it because I knew I'd seen it before. I could not remember for the life of me what it was. But yes, and I I, there was one that was joyful. It's kind of like letting go of the rope. Like you're in this tug of war, right? And you're like, just let the rope go. Just yes. Joy of missing out. I'm missing out. So I can do, there's so many other things I could be doing by missing out on these things that I think that, you know, I have to do. Ugh, have to. Yeah. Um, have to. Shoulds. Like the holiday season is a great example. How many damn holiday parties do you need to attend? Like, mm. I know I have a capacity for like one or two. Got one this weekend. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I hear people that are going to one, like three a week. And I'm like, oh God, no, have fun with it. I'll be at home. I don't know how people do it. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. There's so much going on that time of year. It's so easy to get caught up in doing and saying yes and socializing and committing. And then before you know it, did you really enjoy the holidays at all? Mm -hmm. That's what I wonder anyway. So. Yeah. And I think you you automatically think, you know, it's a holiday party. It's a festive, joyful place. So I should commit to a lot of these because they're all fun. But I mean, it depends on what type of person you are. I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit more of an introvert. I like to get out once in a while, but yeah, you know, stress. Like my alone time. I've been up very early in the mornings lately. And that seems to be where I'm getting my alone time um, because I'm very tied to my phone and communication every day. And yeah. I just get to the point where it seems to be like before 7, 8 a.m. is when I appreciate no one, no one's contacting me. I don't feel an expectation to email back. And yeah, mm. without that time, my mental well-being suffers. Yeah, I found that too. Like when I, if I ever do sleep in late, which is rare, it just mm-hmm. throws me off. Yeah. I feel like I've missed the day. Yeah. Like you know, those couple, yeah, those couple hours in the morning really set the tone, you know, for I think it goes back to also that hell yes or no, right? Like when you're trying to make decisions, you know, the joy of missing out, it's like you're saying no. Yeah. But then you're saying yes to yourself or whatever you you want to do. So every no is actually really a yes. It's just a reframe, right? It's a reframe of thinking the shoulds, all the things we have to do. You don't have to do anything, right? You ever hear that? You know, the only things we have to do in this life are die and pay taxes. Yeah. When, whenever you start thinking that either you're missing out on something or that you need to do something impulsive to get out of like, ah, that Jomo thing just totally changed it for me. Mm-hmm. Like having joy in, because I, I never thought of it that way. How could, you know, one acronym had made me change my thought process on the whole entire thing because I have that fear of missing out when it comes to my investments, when it comes to, I mean, a lot of different things. I mean, as far as playing drums, like I feel like I'm missing out on playing with different bands. If I don't choose this band, then I can't play. If I choose this band, I can't play with this band. Yeah. 
and you start doing all that, it's just you're flip-flopping the thought process. All you're, all you're doing is basically saying, I'm not playing with that band because I'm playing with this band. I enjoy playing with this band. Mm-hmm. I'm not missing out on anything. I'm actually getting something by putting my focus and my attention on this thing. So it's like kind of just changing the attention. The attention goes away from what do you what are you not getting and what do you have? Right. And choosing to honor the meaningful commitments, whatever those are. Um, like we were talking about, I've been recording several podcasts just this week alone. It's like, but those are meaningful. I've said yes to those because they're meaningful to me. So I'm not missing out on anywhere else I could be or anything else I could be doing because I'm being intentional about what I'm committing to. Mm. And it's just a different focus. Like I could sit here and look at the clock and be like, oh, I could be grocery shopping or I could be, I could have gone to this and this and this event today. It's like, well, I made a choice. So I don't feel that I'm missing out on anything. Yeah. And you could have the thoughts pop. I mean, everybody has thoughts pop up of what you could be doing. And I mean, it's just being aware of it, you know, so you understand that you're going to go down that rabbit hole. Are you going to go down the rabbit hole of like all the things that you're missing out on? Or are you going to just realize, Oh, that's my mind's it's my ego saying that I should be doing something else. And let me just recognize that and go back to putting my attention on the thing I want to be doing. Well, and it comes down to like, I'm not an, I hate the word networking, but you literally in Charlotte, in this area, you could spend more than 40 hours a week attending networking events. Mm. Who wants to do that? <laughs> like, not me. So I no. joyfully miss out on 99.9% of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could imagine, especially from a creative aspect. So if you have many different projects that you get to choose from. Yeah. If you're choosing one, you're not choosing another, right? I mean, you, there's not like a limitless amount of projects to choose. So then it becomes this analysis. Yes. So it's very easy to fall back into that kind of, oh man, I'm missing out on the, the one thing I, you know, I really wish I was doing because I committed to this one thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's an it, ongoing process, right? It's something that we could understand in our head, but as you go through life, you're going to be confronted with different situations where you have to pick one thing over another. And it may very well be that you pick the one thing that wasn't as great. That could happen too. I mean, it's not, but there's no need to put your attention on that. What's what's the point? Sometimes to do it again. Like that was nice. We don't need to go back there. Right. There's value to me in that. Okay. I'll make a different decision going forward. Right. Yeah. What I have written down here, the desire for a positive experience is itself a negative experience. And the acceptance of a negative experience is itself a positive experience. Yeah. I was thinking like this paradox, you know, this paradox Isn't of everything we come back to a paradox. Like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, if and the whole idea that like you're desiring something like wanting yeah. something you don't have, is it itself? It's a negative experience internally. Yes. Like when you see something that you don't have and you want it, just the act of desiring it is somewhat negative. You're, you're very aware that you don't have it. Right. Something's missing. Yes. Because you're, you know, there's something out there that you don't have. Mm-hmm. And then the funny thing is on the flip side is like when you're accepting, like you have anxiety. Mm-hmm. This has always been a tough one for me. So like, how do you accept anxiety? You know, how do you accept, all right, this is the way I feel right now. This is just the way I feel and it's going to pass. And just the, the allowing of it 
yeah. and believe I'm no expert at this, but I've had twinges of feeling this kind of sensation where, where you ex- accept whether it's grief, whether it's, you know, some sort of difficult emotion, unpleasant emotion, unpleasant yeah. emotion. It's a positive experience when you can accept it, you know, when you can embrace it, when and you're fighting it. Like, yes, when you're simply willing to witness it, whatever it is and allow yourself to see it and stop yeah. fighting or avoiding or running. There's a lot of healing in that, that witnessing alone and that surrender. Yeah. Book of opposites, paradoxes. This is what we talk about. Yeah. We you haven't know, even gotten to the Zen parable post yet. We haven't. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I always, you ever see the movie Dead Poet Society? Oh yeah, a long time ago. Back in the day with Robin Williams. And I always remember, you know, of course, carpe diem. I, that was the first time I've heard that term, you know, uh-huh. seize, seize the day. I always thought the YOLO thing was like, seize the day, right? Seize the yeah. day. You only live once, seize the day. You only have today. But again, the paradox to that is that, is it an excuse for risky behavior or is it a reason to really take advantage of the opportunities you have in that day or to take some chances that are in your best interests mm-hmm. or to get out of your comfort zone, to meet new people, to try new things. Try new yes. things. Yeah. It's the same word. I mean, it's seize the day. I mean, and right. it, like we said in the last post, like that, take no thought for, for the morrow. There's, there could be two meanings to that. Mm. You know, it could mean, yeah, embrace the moments mm-hmm. or it could also mean screw tomorrow. Don't worry about planning or. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 So I think it's, it's one of those things you got to be careful how you think of some of these, whether it's these acronyms or what have you. I mean, there's multiple meanings to them, different interpretations. And isn't everything an interpretation? Isn't everything so much about the stories we tell ourselves? Yeah. The simple reframe of FOMO to JOMO. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's a slight shift, but the feeling and experience of it is very different. And that's just changing a letter in an acronym. You know, it's literally changing one word. It's amazing. You know, like that kind of thing. And I just think of if that if that's the case with this, then how often is that the case in every other aspect of life? You know, where else might that be true? Where else might or that possible. be true? Hmm. Where else is my thinking taking me down a bad path and I could do a slight little adjustment and it just puts me back on, you know, just gives me a whole different perspective. That you don't have to do a total 180. You could just pivot a little bit and, and your perspective broadens a little bit. You're seeing things that you weren't seeing. You just, all you have to do is pivot a little bit. Yeah. Pivot just a little bit differently. Yeah. It's kind of like the idea with like, with like a depression, like when they say like for depressed people, like the, the reason you're depressed is literally like nothing's moving. Like you're not moving. Mm-hmm. Like just the act of moving sometimes alleviates not severe depression, but like depression. I've heard a therapist once say, a client of his is telling him, I'm so depressed. I don't know what to do. And the therapist is like, anything. Anything. It doesn't matter. Just do something. <laughs> just go outside and throw a ball around. Like you got to go do something. Yeah. And so I think there's so much truth in that. Just move, like get yourself going. And that itself will change the perspective because you're in this bubble yeah. and you got to get out of that bubble Stuck somehow. in your own head, which is sometimes a horrifying place to be, at least for me. 
Likewise. Yeah. Likewise. I mean, I, I lean on movement. I mean, I, I like that's if I'm not moving, I, I feel myself getting closed in, you know, mm-hmm. even yes, sitting at a desk, looking at a screen, talking on the phone, you know, do that for three, four hours straight. You need to get up and go move. And go do something. Break. Yeah. And that's very much like how yeah, we've talked about this. That's how writing is with me. Like I can't sit and stare at the words and work with the words for like hours at a time. I got to put it down and walk away. That's why I leave notes to myself everywhere, like all over my house for pieces of paper with notes to myself. Cause that's when I'm not sitting at the computer that I'll get the inspiration on the words. And you know that it's now you, now it's just oh, like, that, of yeah. course it's a reboot yeah. time for a reboot. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, th- I wrote a little piece. I don't know if we'll use it in, in a future podcast, but it was just called walk and shower. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds so silly, but like the two things, you, if you go yeah. for a walk and you take a shower, like uh-huh. I do that, you know, twice a day for both usually. Um, it's, it's a reset. It's like you're resetting your mind. Having like water over you and then toweling off is like, it's like jumping in a pool, like having a plunge bath. Like you're just resetting your, um, not just like your minds, but your body is literally like changing. Like you're changing yeah. your physiology that in turn kind of gives you like a reboot, a mental reboot. Well, it's that when you're even, uh, I experience it when driving too. Um, not that I'm not conscious when I'm driving. That's not true. But <laughs> like when I'm occupied, I'm physically occupied in the act of doing something that's sort of a habit. It, like it frees my creative mind Yeah. to come to the surface. Yeah. That's when you have the, your insights. Yeah. And after mentioning that great quote by, um, is it Anne Lamott? Yes. Yeah. Is that her name? Anne? Anne Lamott, the lighthouse right? Quote. Yeah. The lighthouse quote. Yeah. I started reading her book bird by bird. Oh, I've got to get that one. Yeah. And, uh, she talks about how she leaves, she never leaves home without an index card that she folds in half, mm-hmm. puts in her back pocket with a pen. Okay. She said she's always tried like carrying books or a bag that has like notebooks and pads in it. She like, it never works. That's you always horrible. forget it. So she's like, she's got this one hard rule. She just puts an index card with a pen in her back pocket so that throughout the day, if she has any kind of inspiration or idea or anything, she could write it down. Yeah. And I've, I've heard that a million times over, but for whatever reason, the index card made a lot more sense because it just seems doable. Mm-hmm. I just never was the person to carry a notebook around at all times. I'd always forget it. Mm-hmm. But going on these, especially going on these walks, like you go on a walk Right. You're not going to carry a huge notebook and pen and while you're out walking. Right. And those are the times where you're getting like these inspiration. Yeah. Well, Diane, FOMO YOLO. I mean, that's, that's it. <laughs> They're both legitimate things and experiences. In they are. Lives. I never thought it would, they were that closely related, but it just yeah. winds up that it's a, it could be a vicious circle. Totally. I, we need to find, well, maybe you could do a JOMO YOLO, right? Ooh. So if you're joy of missing out, and then yeah, you only live once. Huh. But like a like a very uh, you know, pursue you know, not a hedonistic YOLO, but like a pursuit of meaning and connection. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe, yeah, maybe eventually in the future we'll what we'll write a Jomo YOLO post. That just the two of them, it just has a different feel to it that I like a lot better. Likewise, yeah. Yeah. Diane, thank you again. Thanks, Al. That is episode number six, FOMO YOLO. Next week, we will have, I think it's just called Panic Attack. Panic Attack, yeah. Yep. 
as somebody having or have, has had panic attacks in the, in the past, I thought it was important to write about it because I know a lot of other people, again, you know, when you're driving your Toyota Corolla or you just bought your new Toyota Corolla and you see a million other Toyota Corollas oh, driving totally. around, yes. panic attack was the same thing. I had one and I thought I was the only one that ever had. I'm like, there's no way this happened to anybody else. This is the most terrifying experience of my life start doing a little research and you realize millions of other people have had oh, look it. how common this is, yes. Unbelievable <laughs> how common it is. Yeah. So I always think, and what helped me so much in the beginning of having them was just the fact that knowing that other people had them. Other and people that, experienced it. And that they wrote about it, you yes. know, or talked about it, you know, so and it was like, And that's the power ah. of communicating and writing. And that's why I'm so passionate as a writer and a ghostwriter, like tell your damn story. Don't keep it to yourself because you never know who it's going to impact. Or you love Brene Brown and yes. she has the, the, what did she say? Her, not the famous two words, like the most important two words you could ever say to someone um, when they're going through a crisis. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. How, how great does that feel? Like when you're talking to someone you're like, yeah, you know what? I've been through that too. I understand. Yeah. It's very connection and meaningful connection and conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So next week will be panic attack. Please come follow us at faconfessions.com and leave us a like or a review on iTunes. All the social media accounts are linked and thumbs up, likes, all that kind of stuff. Subscribe. Subscribe. That's the big one. Yeah. Subscribe. We'll send you an email every time we come out with new content. So we have a blog post that comes out every week and we will soon have, um, well, we will currently have a podcast going out every week. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you next week. We'll see you next week.